0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 497 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation. On the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. For our first USDF episode of 2019, we will talk to Eliza Sidner-Rom about the Dressage Foundation and all their wonderful grants. After that, we will be joined by Bill Warren and Bill McMullen to go over the new USDF tests.
2: This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Locksahatchee, Florida,
1: and this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Well, Happy, happy New Year, D- everyone! Happy New Year, everybody! <laughs> happy New Year, Phil and Jen! It is a new year. It's crazy.
3: <laughs> I would like so, <laughs> to know where 2018 while. went.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think 2018 went really fast. I know some people had some tra- rough year, but for us, it just went. Travis and I were talking about that. It just went fast. So, uh, yeah, we've, all,
1: we've, you know, we've all been very busy and yeah. doing radio show and traveling the world and riding a few horses and doing a few shows and, um, it's been fun.
2: Yeah. It's so it's
1: time to start new.
2: I know. And I think, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like super happy to sort of get back in routine. Like, let's just get back into, to not holidays. We had a wonderful holiday season and it's, it's just ready. I'm ready to ride some horses and get her done. So it's fun. So Phil, I got to ask what, what's your new year's resolution?
1: Oh, I, yeah, no, I don't make your year, new year's resolutions.
2: <laughs> I ask every year thinking I, maybe it'll change.
1: Yeah. I, I just, you know, like to continue to improve on the things I've already improved on and, uh, and keep working to get better in riding and, in and being a good husband and being in all things. I think we could always do a better job, a little bit better job in, in everything that we're doing.
2: I like it. That's awesome. I, I have the same one every year because I haven't achieved it from last year.
1: To be on time.
2: <laughs> to be on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my, <laughs> you know, because Phil knows me too well. Um, it is true. It is to be on time, and so I'm gonna really work on that. So far, I'm, uh, it's day what three. I'm I'm doing okay. Doing okay. okay. But to be on time is. Anybody that knows me, I pack a little too much in sometimes, so or try to at least.
1: Well, well, tell us what's what's going on in Welly World.
2: Rally World. Well, um, so next week is the first week of the Global Show. So, and I'm actually showing Karen Isberg's horse, the Natural E. Uh, this will be the first time showing him. So I'm looking forward to that. And everybody knows Karen because she's on the show quite a bit. So that'll be fun. So we'll hopefully have a really good update next next week. Uh, he's going to go to Global and do second level which will be fun so that's going to be a fun adventure and but it is the first week so people are just it's amazing the amount of trucks that have been coming in today
1: oh, yeah, all, they've all been arriving yeah. from canada for sure
2: yeah a lot of trucks like today we counted like 15 trucks that came into our neighborhood so uh um yeah. it's actually been great i i you know my horses are all settled we've been here a month uh yeah a month which has really gone by fast and um, so we've been here and, and we're settled, which is quite nice. So um, my boys are sort of ready and, and ready to rock and roll. So all is well in that department. And we've been training already and sort of getting organized. So um, things were quiet over the holidays here. Obviously, kind of settled down a little, but it is full full steam ahead. So I will have a really good um, report next week. How does that sound? So.
1: That's yeah, different. yeah. Well, I think the, was it eight weeks of CDIs is beginning and, uh, yeah. And I'm really anxious to see results and see how people yeah. are doing and, you know, see some, um, video online of, of, you know, horses from last year and people with their new horses and 2019, it's a Pan Am year. So it's all that yeah. kind of excitement going on. This is going to be good.
2: Yeah. It's going to be fun. So stay in, stay in touch. We will actually, right now, the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic is going on. Uh, and I'm super lucky. One of the perks of what we get to do sometimes with the Dressage Radio Show is I'm going to go interview 18 kiddos, um, actually all, all ranges of juniors and young riders, over the weekend. So that should be super fun. I'll, I'll pull one or two of them, um, to come on, but they're kind of doing a mock interview. Uh, that's a really cool program and you can actually watch it on the USEF network. All Robert's lessons are being broadcast, uh, which should be fun. So there's lots of stuff going on with that program. So I'm looking forward to, to doing that on, on, um, Saturday. So a perk of our job, which is really cool. So looking forward to that. Well, Phil, we've got a great show today, so we're going to get right into it. And we promised we would bring the 2019 test review. So the Bills are coming on today to to do that, both Bill Warren and Bill mcmullen They're fantastic judges. Um, But right after this break from the United States Dressage Federation, we're going to come back with Eliza Sidner-Rom to talk about her experience here in Wellington uh, with a grant from the Dressage Foundation. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight we are very happy to have Eliza sidner Rom. She is an FEI rider, trainer, certified instructor, mom, author, and also uh, a board member of the Dressage Foundation. Eliza, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you guys so much for having me.
2: We are we are so happy and uh, to have you. And we had dinner a couple times. You're down here in Wellington with me for at least for a little longer, and it's been so fun. We've gotten to catch up and hear all about those adorable babies you have. Oh my goodness, they're awesome.
4: Mm, thank you. Yeah, they had a blast down here in Florida.
2: <laughs> so let's get right into how you're here and why you're here, because it's really it's really a great story.
4: Oh yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, I leave um, on Saturday, today's uh, Thursday, but yeah, I got a grant from the Dressage Foundation, the Lindgren Scholarship that's given out to professional dressage trainers, specifically USDF certified instructors. Um, it's a an amount of money for you to go and have some concentrated training time. So that is exactly what I did. I came down here to Florida um, I'm in Wellington. I brought five horses with me. They're all mares. And I'm training with Jennifer Baumert. And I've gotten to have a couple lessons from some other wonderful instructors. And um, so we're down here for six weeks. We came a little bit pre-season because six weeks is what I could afford and no one is going to rent to me for only six weeks in the middle of the season. So we came a little bit season. So we came right after Thanksgiving and we're going home on Saturday. But it's been a fabulous, fabulous trip. Such wonderful, concentrated training time. And that's exactly what this grant is for, for busy professionals who are so often focused on their students to take some time to train for themselves. And it really is a, such a special thing because I I don't think I've ever had this many lessons in a concentrated period of time like this where I sort of get to be the client finally instead of always being the instructor. So it's been super, super educational and just a great experience overall.
2: So tell us, first of all, tell us a little bit about the Dressage Foundation.
4: Yeah. So the Dressage Foundation is a nonprofit organization. It's not connected to USDF or USEF. It's a standalone organization, but we we work closely with those organizations. And they offer grants and scholarships of all kinds to all different types of riders, junior young riders, adult amateurs, professionals. And you can visit their website at www.dressagefoundation.org. And they raise money from really Wonderful donors to provide these grants and scholarships. So, like I said, for all different kinds of riders, they just handed out gifted fund scholarships, which is a a fund first conceived by Carol Lavelle, who rode the horse named Gifted. And these are smaller grants that go to adult amateurs to go train. So they just handed out, I think, eleven of those for 2019. So eleven lucky adult amateur riders are going to get to take some really concentrated time and work with a trainer of their choice. They have other awesome programs like the International Young Rider Dream Trip, where we send four advanced young riders to Europe to watch the Aachen competition every summer. And they get to sit down and chat with judges and top competitors like Carl Hester or Isabel Verz or our top US riders and chat with them about everything from their rides that day to the training, to young horses, to vet issues, to anything they can think of. Um, So that trip is another amazing thing offered by the Dressage Foundation. And I was lucky enough to get to do that one when I was a young rider. Um, And then they have quite a few other scholarships available specifically for GMOs to get some scholarships to put on, a clinic or event. So yeah, it's just a wonderful organization. And unfortunately, it's not as well known as we need it to be, because I think a lot of people get confused, whether it's like part of USDF, or they think, well, I know they have these big grants for, you know, big name trainers, but I, this not, they don't have anything for me. And it's not true. If you go on the website, there are, there's a grant out there that you could apply for.
1: Eliza, tell us a little bit about the application process. Is it arduous, uh, you know, difficult, or um, what? What is that no, situation?
4: Yeah, the website is quite good in laying out what each grant or scholarship requires in terms of an application. But most of them require that you write a short essay, be less than a page, about why you feel you should be chosen for this grant. Um, and usually, you need to get a couple letters of recommendation from people within the industry. And then you need to submit a budget for what you plan to do, whether that's to go training for an extended period of time, or to take a bunch of lessons throughout the year, or um, like there's one fund for breeders. So if they want to go, let's say, to Germany for a course at the Hanoverian Verband, they can say, here, this is my plan it's going to cost x for a flight and this is the course fee and this is my hotel fee and so you put together a budget um, and submit all of that so it's not too terribly arduous i mean it would take you you know one evening to sit down and get the essay written and then ask for the letters of recommendation um but certainly very doable it's not going to take too much of your time
2: that's fantastic. And and they really are. Both both Eliza and I have, have gotten grants. And it's also one of those organizations, if you don't get it the first time, maybe try again the next time. Because uh, it happened to me, Absolutely. I didn't get one. And, and I was able to also win the Lindgren Scholarship a couple years ago. And I just reapplied and just went ahead and did it. And it was fantastic. And I was thrilled to have done it. Um, and it it really is a great program. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing for the six weeks you've been here in in regards to training. Yeah,
4: so I've been training with Jennifer Baumart, who is a wonderful FEI instructor and rider and also a USDF certified instructor. I've known and trained with Jen on and off since I was a teenager. Actually, Reese, your sister, and I, I think we're working (laughs) students together when we were like 14. (laughs) That's the first time I worked with Jennifer. So I've worked with her on and off over the years, and she's just a wonderful instructor and mentor for me. And so I knew I would do well in her program. You know, it's always a little nerve wracking to come down for a big chunk of time and make such a big commitment like this. And you really want to be with someone that you trust 100% and know their system. So I was excited to come work with Jen. And she works very, very closely with Debbie McDonald down here in Wellington. Um, And so that was another draw that I would get to watch the training with Debbie every day, which I have, which has been awesome. So I brought five mares down. One is um, Flipside, who is an eight-year-old Hanoverian mare. She's owned by a syndicate, the Flipside group. And I own part of her and she's my special up and coming superstar, I hope. Um, So she is the one that I got the grant with and who I've been focused on the training with, but then some of my other clients also wanted to join in on the funds. So I brought four other mares and they happen to all be mares. I don't, I don't exclusively ride mares. I don't have anything against gelding, but they happen to all be mares, which is kind of fun. Um, So I have four mares at a farm um, in little ranches. And then I have my mare uh, flip side, her nickname is Flo. Here at Betsy Giuliano's beautiful, beautiful facility, Haven Safe Farm, uh, which is in the same subdivision. The two farms are just a mile apart, uh, but I couldn't have all the mares at Betsy. So I have my mare here and the other one's just kind of across the street. So I've been having a lesson from Jen every uh, four days a week on Flow, my main horse. And then my client horses, I've been getting to ride with Jen. Um, two times a week per horse so that means three lessons a day four days a week so that's been pretty awesome 12 lessons a week <laughs> I cannot remember a time when I had that even when I was a working student I don't think I had that many lessons so it's been great it's been intense um, but it's been great and two of my clients who own uh two of the other mares got to come down and have lessons as well so it's super fun to get to watch them be taught by Jen it's always um very interesting as an instructor to see other people teach your students and get stuff out of that. And then just getting to watch all the other training is also what I was super excited about. And it's been wonderful getting to see Debbie McDonald teach. Kathy Connolly is based here at Haven Safe. Also, Uh, Catherine Bateson comes here and teaches. Uh, I've gotten to do some work in hand work with a wonderful Brazilian trainer, Claudia Oliveira. So it's been it's been awesome.
1: Fantastic. Before we let you go, maybe you can give us uh, maybe a little tidbit or some a little information that uh, that you've gleaned in in these six weeks that uh, we can we can also benefit maybe from your education.
4: Sure, yeah. And I, I have been keeping a blog while I'm down here, so I'm happy to share that with everybody. It's www.elizasidnordressage.blog. Um, so I'm sure we can... Put that in the show notes somewhere. Yeah, we're going to the, we'll post it. We'll post that
1: to the show notes. Yeah,
4: awesome. But mostly, what I've been working on is um, improving connection, as we are always working on with all of our horses, and and really honing in on straightness um, and getting the horses really well balanced across their shoulders. And so, one of the things that I've been Has been pointed out to me about all of my horses, so clearly it's me doing it, is the tendency to hang a little bit too much on one rein, in my case, the left rein, and not have the horses pushing enough to the right rein. And so our focus with all the horses has been on improving that, the evenness of that connection, and then really being able to turn the shoulders and keep the horse really well balanced. And when I feel uh, crookedness creep in, let's say I feel the the left hind coming to the left, um, to really make sure that I balance the shoulders on my line of travel, and then put the haunches behind the shoulders. Um, it's a simple, basic concept that we all are hopefully learn early on, that the sh- you know you put the shoulders where you want them, and then you put the haunches behind the shoulders, but it's so easy to start kicking the haunches around um, when the shoulders aren't balanced. So that's been a great reminder on all my horses.
2: Fantastic. Well, Eliza, tell us how our listeners can get in touch with you if they are in North Carolina.
4: Yeah, I have a website, www.elizasidnordressage.com. And I'm on Facebook, Eliza Sidnor Dressage on there. And then, like I said, you can check out the blog if you want and find me that way.
2: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much. And we can't wait to see how your season goes.
5: Thank you. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products This feeling is brought to you by MicroPhase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. MicroPhase Vitamin and Mineral Supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us.
2: Well, I really hope that everyone looks at the Dressage Foundation website. It is true. they are grants for everybody. And if you do want to donate, they always are happy for donations. But I've myself had some grants through them and and they are very, very, very helpful. So uh, check out the Dressage Foundation. And we're going to take a quick break from Kentucky Performance Products. And we're going to come back with part one of the 2019 new test reviews with the Bills. Well, tonight we are honored to have the Bills of Warren and McMullen Dressage on the program. Bill Warren just became an FEI four star judge um, and he is a USDF gold medalist. Bill McMullen is a certified instructor and faculty member, along with being a USEFR Dressage Judge. And I'm very honored. They are my neighbors here in Wellington and I get to wave at them every morning. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank Reese. you. Glad to, glad to be here. To be here.
2: Well, we are, well, so actually we are tonight going over the new U.S.E.F. and U.S.E.F tests 2019 that are coming out this year. Um, and you guys both did a wonderful discussion a few weeks ago at Show Chic, which is a local place um, here in, in Wellington. And so I asked you to come on because it was such a great synopsis of what we're going to see. So uh, Bill Mack, why don't you give us get us started uh, with what is going on in training level?
0: Okay, training level. So was a good place to start with our basic uh, training level for sure. In terms of the changes in the tests, if we look at overall, there there are not a lot of huge changes in the tests, but some important ones at each level that we can certainly go over. In training level, training level one and two remain actually um, pretty close to unchanged. The biggest change in training level, which I think is a welcome change, is that in training level test three, they've added the three loop, the full three loop serpentine, which uh, I believe we used to have in a first level test one. Not sure what some years ago. But we haven't had the three-loop serpentine in the trot uh, for some time at training or first level. So I think it's a really, uh, a really welcome addition. And I think it's uh, really helpful for riders, especially as they get to training three, where they are on the cusp of going to first level, to be able to make these changes a bend required through the three-loop serpentine. I think one of the most important parts of the Serpentine and learning to ride it is, is, of course, the accuracy, which we will all agree on, yes. uh, that it really helps the training level riders to become super familiar with where the placement of the 320 meter circles are in the arena, which seems to somehow, even later on in the levels, seems to come back to haunt a lot of riders that <laughs> didn't quite get it exactly right. Um, and I think this placement of where they cross, where you cross the center line at the 20 meter circles is the is the big part of that, um, that uh, a lot of people have this preconceived notion that they cross at uh, I and L, but I and L are only 18 meters from A and C, which would make then the middle, the middle loop ends up being then 24 meters, <laughs> so not real half circles. Something I think that's really important to, that they understand that the, the 20 meters is two more meters in from I and L um, on the center line. So they cross at the right place. So the straightening over the center line to make the change of bend is important. And then the other part of riding the serpentine in the correct circles is, of course, that they don't end up in the corners, especially on the last loop, which is a typical problem we see. As judges sitting at C, that often in serpentines, whether it's a Strat serpentine or later on at a second level when we have counter-canner or canner serpentines and so on, that people often on the last loop very much end up in the corner and instead of finishing it as a as a real half circle coming to the end at C or A, whichever direction it goes. Anyway, I think, again, a welcome change to have the, the serpentine there uh, to increase the suppleness in our horses and the accuracy and understanding in our training level riders for going on through the levels.
2: Fantastic. And, and Bill Warren, we also see a stretchy circle in um, training level. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? That's also a, a hard requirement in training level.
6: It, it is, but again, I, I think it's a, a good Exercise for riders. I mean, obviously it's beneficial to the horse only if it's done correctly, but I think it really is a a good exercise for riders to be able to understand how to correctly stretch a horse. And I think one of the big things that happens is that riders in a way, you know, try to throw away the reins and get the horse to go long and low and also give away the geometry, give away the, the balance and bending of the circles. So really what happens is more of a, a loss of balance, and the horse just becomes longer on the forehand, but that's not really um, what it's intended to be. But as Bill already talked about, you know, the geometry of the serpentines, so I think, you know, riders really have to understand where circle begins and where it ends and if it's at a and c there are no corners um and in the the middle of the arena it's important to understand where the 20 meter marks really go to and while maintaining the bend of of the circles then if the horse is correctly into the contact to begin with and has learned to reach forward and downward that's really what we're we're looking for, and not just a, a chasing of the horse around a, a circle that's not really a circle and throwing away contact and and lots of horses just you know by nature if you have a horse that's built a little bit downhill of course it's going to drop its neck but that's still not really a horse that's stretched over its its back in the way that we're looking for so I, I think it's good that a stretching circle is from the you know the beginning of our levels, although we do have introductory level too, but I, I think it's great
0: that it's part of training level.
2: Fantastic.
0: Absolutely.
2: Uh, Bill Mack, anything else to add for training level?
0: I think those are two, as you pointed out, the, the serpentine and the stretching circles are certain two big highlights that need to be really stressed in terms of the importance of what riders are getting at that level. Um, in addition, as, as I think for any level, that we always need to reinforce. But a good thing to say here is the importance of, of riding good transitions. Um, you know, and, and that goes through from the for riding the tests again at any level, and that starts here at training levels and the preparation for the trot to canter transitions and uh, and all and all the others too. If we look at most tests, just talking about in general, if you look at the scores, if you added up the scores. In general, for most levels, you would find in most tests about 50% of your score is based on transitions. Yeah. Anyway, the importance of being able to prepare and have a horse on the aids to ride, correct transitions uh, within a good geometric pattern yeah, is, is required. Is really the important basis there.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, so uh, let's go on to first level. Bill Mac, do you wanna do you wanna kind of do the same thing with first level?
0: Sure. And then a little bit like first level, the uh, training level, first level test one and test two are virtually unchanged. And the main, the biggest change in first level also comes in test three. And I think this will be applauded by many and the uh, for people that have written the first level three that we've had for the last uh, segment of years where we had the leg yield came out of the corner. You came immediately out of the corner and had the leg yield away from the corner toward X and then back again. So we had the counter change of hand in the leg yield. So this year they've made it, I think, much more uh, accommodating to the horses and much more beneficial to the training of the horse. Because again, the old way it, it caused riders often... To be able to, to even at the corner, because they had to change the flexion. We're riding, ending up riding the corner sometimes with the wrong flexion, and even sometimes bend, which leg yield doesn't have. But they would even bend the wrong way at the corner and so on to get prepared to to start that leg yield. So it made for some not not so correct riding at the corner. So now with the new change, you get to come you come through the corner at the same place, but then you come down the long side and you prepare prepare before uh, V that you start the leg yield at V is in victory. So you have, from the corner letter, from F up to V to to get straight and prepare the flexion. And then the leg yield goes from V to I. So it's the same length of leg yield, but goes to to I. And then it's prepared for a 10-meter circle to the left. And then coming back to the center line, continuing up to C. And then you track left. And then you have, from the corner letter, down to S to prepare the leg yield in the other direction. So again, it gives you at least a handful of strides to be straight, prepare the flexion and the leg yield to the center line and then then you circle to the inside and then straight ahead with the turn right a again. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really much better pattern for for riders and horses. It's a much better pattern.
1: Well, it's, it's, you know, really testing the horse to leg yield away from the wall on both sides, you know, because I came along with my students and, you know, some horses are really good at leg yielding one way and not so good you know i think that's pretty common and then you know the, the horses that were really good at leg yielding you know one way could get could get to the center line really quick but then sort of drift back to the wall and then you know i think this is a much better test of you know the horses being willing to leg yield off of the wall both ways
0: sure yeah, exactly. It makes it it makes it makes equal on both sides. It, it gives an equal test, an equal chance yes. for the for us to see when we're sitting at sea, to see what's, what's happening with that. And again, it gives time and preparation to really do it correctly that people aren't rushing then. You know, especially if you have a big a big young horse uh, at first level that's trying to find its balance, like I said, in the old way to get through that corner, a big moving young horse to prepare that, it has, it's very difficult. There are smaller, you know, more compact horses that are really a really well balanced and more compact horse could could get through it a little more easily but because it's accommodating to younger horses that might be at first level
2: fantastic and in bill warren can you talk to us a little bit about the the canter work that's in first level test 3
6: or in first level in general well i think um, the biggest change and bill you can tell me if i've missed something but i think the biggest change is how how they developed the single loop in In first level test three, which it it came from a a lengthening in Canter, and at times certain riders and horses had trouble then coming back from the lengthening, and then being able to prepare with enough in a balance to then get easily through the single loop. Because obviously we Bill already talked about how important transitions are, and the the lengthening and coming back is a transition, but Lots of times, riders were unsuccessful, and then had to, you know, run right into the serpentine. So now it starts the single loop pretty much from the beginning of the canter, and then the lengthening comes after it instead of before it. So it gives riders a, a chance to maneuver that line in a better balance.
5: Yeah, in the old
0: the old test of first three it used to be circle I think circle lengthen loop then the then the change across and the same thing the other way. And now you pick up the canter at A and go right into the loop, as Bill said. Then the circle balances them uh, better. The fifteen meter circle balances to set up for the lengthening, and then the coming back at V, and then the diagonal for the change of leads for the trot, and then the same thing the other way. So they're a little bit more balanced, as he said. They're not coming into it from the lengthening, where a lot of horses then end up being maybe a little bit on the forehand and having trouble to balance to to hold the balance that they need for the for the counter canter loop.
2: And there's no longer and the I, dreaded. I think, oh, I'm sorry. The, the pick up the canter and circle. They took that out, right? That's no longer there.
0: Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just start right away. Right.
2: Yes, and it was <laughs> dreaded
0: instead of the yeah, starting <laughs> yeah. start the
2: canter at A right. right into the circle. Correct. Okay. You're yeah. Right everyone hated circle. that, and no one no one wrote because that well. up. <laughs> nine
0: nine times out of ten, people went to the corner. Yeah. Nobody made it the 15-meter, as soon as they can or at C, if I think it was just C, then they were in the corner and then kind of make, trying to make up for where the 15-meter circle goes, so it was never placed right or the right size.
2: Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to say I did that ever. <laughs> 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 I had, read that test and thought, tape. yes, that's out of there. That's
0: so, yeah. so a nice influence between the trot work detail. and the detail.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the detail that that you guys are both, you know, stressing here that, you know, these are – there are some helpful things that, you know, the test – you know, that that was looked at and and made some adjustments. So that's fantastic. I love it. I have
6: to say that the the test writing committee did a, a really good job because in that first level test three, they didn't really take anything away. They changed the placement of things. But they still kept the loop, still kept the canter lengthening and the circle and all of that. So I think in yeah. a clever way, they just replaced yeah. things and it gives riders a better chance to show good riding um,
1: and, and not struggle. Oh, and like you said about the training of the leg yield, I mean, we want to think about how, you know, how we're training our horses at home. And, you know, I, I, for me, it's a little bit rare to do leg yielding in a zigzag pattern. You know, because I think right. about leg yielding as connecting the horse from your inside leg to right. the to the outside rein. And a, a zigzag doesn't really, you know, going back and forth it might be a test of difficulty or willingness of the horse or even to look sure. at the horse, whether he's even on both sides. But that's I don't think that's, you know, necessarily helpful for, like you said, young horses and big moving horses and horses at first level to be concentrating on a movement that is. Um, is not helping the training. I think it's, I, I don't know, exactly. from my perspective, it's it's about developing the horse towards an FEI horse and not necessarily about doing a, a back and forth trick.
0: For sure. Exactly. No, I no, agree. That's well well said. Yeah, because it sets it up, as I said, You leg yield to the center line and then immediately the 10 meter circle. So the yielding lends itself, as you said, to building a better connection from inside leg to outer rein, uh, which is really what should be concentrated on.
2: Fantastic. Well, Bill Warren, can you start us off with second level? Because this is where it gets, this is where it gets complicated. Okay.
6: Um, And I think as judges, we've all watched riders struggle um, in a more demanding level. And I think the test writing committee did a good job in trying to be a little bit more progressive about Um, things in second level especially the the simple change in the the canter and and making it a little bit more progressive as in second level test one Um, we don't have an actual simple change yet it's a transition to a few steps of trot and then um, to walk and then it gives the rider a chance to you know rebalance the horse for the new lead instead of right away going into second level and then having to Um, canter down to the walk and be organized in a a quick manner to get the other lead. So it's a little more progressive. And then in second two is the first time the actual simple change is asked for. And it's really important, um, not just that one movement, but shoulder in and traver, the first um, movements that are lateral movements that are shown in a test and that's where the hind legs have to develop further engagement in order to then um, take weight into collection. And without that, then as the demands increase in second level for those simple changes, it, it becomes it becomes harder if those basic requirements haven't been met as far as the engagement and the activity and the weight bearing in, in collection. Then those more advanced transitions are going to become problematic, but I like the way that it starts at second one, making it a little more progressive.
2: And Bill Mack, did they change second three at all? Or is that one they second left alone? Second three
0: is virtually unchanged. I think actually, I, I think it's exactly the same. The trot work is the same with the shoulder in 10-meter circle travers, um, both directions with the medium trot in between. And then for the canter work, it has the same, the counter canter serpentine. And then the simple changes on the half diagonal, so it's virtually unchanged. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, I think with the changes they made, the tweaking second one and second two, uh, makes it more progressive. I think getting to second three, because mm-hmm. I think that doing that simple change that the here the simple change has to happen on that straight diagonal line, from um, as you come from F to E and the simple change happens at L, is a is a harder place to do it. The serpentine you know lends itself a little bit of the turning for a little more. Uh, being able to get the horse to take a little more weight behind in in a little easier way with the turn and and then the straightening into the simple change over the center line uh, in the serpentine but then for second three again going on that straight line the horse has to really has to be on the aids coming off the uh, coming out of the corner to be super straight there and not using the turning so there's no turning coming into it
2: yeah, it it really does look like they, uh, the test writing committee really did look at second level because it is a dreaded level because that's the first time <laughs> collection really comes in. It's dreaded; everyone hates right. it. But they look. It looks like they really kind of stepped back and and said, "How can we make this a little bit easier transition for all the horses and the riders um, overall with second level?" So it looks like they no, kind I of helped improve it.
0: That's a very it's a logical uh, progression, and uh, I think it's welcomed also.
2: Yeah, and I think because I think so many I like new things—yeah, logical. <laughs> yeah. Logical. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so many
1: new things are introduced that to have them all—well, not all of them, but many of them thrown thrown at you at second one. It wasn't—it uh, wasn't very nice in in sort of the way that you're trying to develop riders in, you know in your program to kind of learn one thing at a time. It's sort of like you know at the end of the season, you know, after a successful. First level season, then you are like now we have to learn t- ten things to be able to do one test up. If you know what I mean, like right. to go from first yeah, three to jump. second one. You are like, and then we have to do this, and then and this, It was, yeah. I think, it was very overwhelming, and um, it's nice that they sort of ma- made it more progressive, like you guys said. I think that was a big right. because I, I always think that sec- second three is is a nice test. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to ride. And, you know, at, at the end of a second-level season, I think you want to be progressing towards being able to ride this. Um, of course. But it's nice to have some stepping stones to go to.
2: Absolutely. And, and, Bill Warren, just making sure you are required to sit the trot at second level, correct? But not at first level. Yes. They didn't change that. Not at,
6: at first level. That okay. That is unchanged.
0: Second level is sitting throughout. Throughout. Fantastic. At first level, it's allow- allowable rising or sitting Co- combination is allowable.
2: Fantastic, and still no double bridle at second level. Still a snaffle bridle. Correct. Correct. Fantastic. And,
1: and what about the the trot work? Like, are they still asking medium trot? That's the same.
0: Uh, yes, asking for collected collected trot and medium trot. The lateral work is done in in collected trot and then the transitions to medium trot. And we also have um, separate scores uh, start to appear at second level for the transitions from medium trot to collected trot.
2: Fantastic. Well, uh, Bill Mack, we are going to take a break for uh, this part one episode of going through the 2019 test. And how could our listeners find you guys online?
0: We're online. We have a website, warrenmcmullendressage.com, dot com. WarrenMcMullenDressage being all one word, and uh, so we have our website there. and We also have a Facebook page, uh, WarrenMcMullenDressage, and have a personal. We're both on a personal Facebook page under my name of Bill McMullen, so it can be found and messaged through any of those, uh, any variety of those.
2: <laughs> Fantastic! I love it. Well, thanks so much, and we can't wait for part two.
0: Thank you, Reese and Phil. Thank you. This week's Dressage Training Tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief gird at totalsaddlefit.com.
2: So, uh, hey, Jen, you asked us a question that we think Total Saddle Fit can help.
3: Yes. What was your question yes. today? Between takes earlier today, <laughs> I was quizzing you. Do you do, Have you ever had a horse that bucks because of a pinchy girth? And they were coming from the other end were two resounding yeses. So um,
1: I think we were both kind of laughing as well. Yeah, <laughs> we were laughing we
3: were laughing. I felt good. a little bit humiliated. You've had that thank happen you very much. Before. So, yeah. so if your horse bucks during certain types of movements or certain things that you're working through that can be instigated by a girth that doesn't fit properly. Expound, please.
2: No, it's true. It it absolutely is really true. So everybody knows that uh, Justin at Total Saddle Fit is fantastic at um, saddle fitting problems and girth fitting problems. And we have tested and tried and true the Total Saddle Fit girth line. Phil and I have tried all of them, and um, we both said, yes, we have had pinchy girth problems. We've had horses back from pinchy girths. But truly, Phil and I um, have had really, really good success with the girth and um, Jen's horse is changing a lot. He's getting fitter. He's getting a little bit leaner. Um, So I suggested the stretch tech shoulder relief girth. Um, I I would give it a try. Again, they have switchable liners, which are great for Florida or other clients. The money
1: back guarantee. I mean, I said, that's what I said is it's just like, you know, order it, try it. It doesn't work. Like your horse is still bucking. You've lost nothing. Yeah. You've got lost nothing because it's a, it's 110%, money back guarantee that covers the cost of the you know of the delivery so you know what do you got to lose to to give it a try i think you know um horses that buck they sort of if a horse you know you've been riding a while and then it starts to buck you have to look at all kinds of different issues but um saddle fit and girth fit are two big ones that i try to uh, identify and and fix right away because it can be a pretty simple fix with a new with a new girth and kind of safety is so important.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. No brainer. And uh, Justin at Total Saddle Fit uh, will do a fantastic job. Uh, and he's really good at answering questions. So Totalsaddlefit.com. And uh, Jen, you also have our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. And we don't know it. So it's a little dealer's choice tonight. That's what you got right. For us?
3: I'm going to surprise you. <laughs>
2: Jen Jen really likes doing this to us. It's like her. her, I like
1: like it too. I think it's pretty fun. (laughs)
2: I don't like the surprise as much, but Phil and Jen really like it. So here
3: we go. Jen, what you got for us? You love us a challenge. (laughs) This, this one comes from a Facebook message that we got. Recent Phil, I have a young dressage horse who is off the track. So I'm guessing he's a thoroughbred. He has a great trot. Unlike most off track horses. Unfortunately, he is struggling a bit with his canter work. Our transitions are reasonably well balanced, but as soon as we go from circling to down the long side, so I'm guessing he's training level, maybe, he gets onto his forehand and then it goes pear shaped. Can you suggest any exercises to help us canter <laughs> balanced in a straight line? Sure, Phil. Do you want it first? Do you want me to? Show
1: okay, you? I'll take it. I, I mean, I can take it. I think the simplest uh, answer to this question and how I introduce. Um, a lot of horses to cantering down the long side is that instead of going right from a circle to a a square shape i really like to keep it you know begin it as an oval so i just start opening up my circle so that it it gets sort of more and more oblong and and long in its shape so that you're not doing um 10 strides or 30 strides of of straight canter you're doing one at a time right so you, you can picture this circle is now opening up and then you do you can do two straighter sides strides along the long side and then you're turning on that circle again and then the next time three so the biggest confidence um, builder is to just develop the horse like this in in a, in a reasonable and you know successful way. The problem is that is when you you got a good circle going and then you point him down alongside and you think like I think I can and I think I again and then you're just sort of you're waiting for the horse to fall apart and that's not a very successful. <laughs>
3: and then he does, way. and he does, and then he does right. Every you're time. like oh
1: no, and then, you know, and, and everybody's trying. It's not that you know, but you want to have a a little bit more reasonable plan if you're having trouble you know, getting down that straight side.
2: Well, and and, and yeah. So what I, I actually, we're just hearing this for the first time too, but um, I loved hearing that the transitions are good. I think that's telling her that that the balance is pretty good. I love hearing that the trot is good. So there's a lot of good things um, in, in that I heard already that are happening with this horse. Um, and Phil and I both work with a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds. So um, I, I was very actually pleased to hear that. And this is an incredibly normal problem Uh, because, again, remember what that horse was trained to do. He was trained to run fast and straight and on the forehand so you have to just remember that, that that's part of his his he already speaks that language so you have to just introduce a different way for him to think in a different way to him to communicate with him so I love Phil's exercise I do kind of a very similar thing um, I will also actually work if I can um, kind of some square turns uh, or you know quarter turns essentially um, instead of round turns um again you know phil you kind of talked about it even if you're walking so that the horse kind of gets the idea that that you will take a few uh, straight steps but you're going to turn again um so i think the oblong and also it works really well do the same thing or just think i'm going to go two or three steps straight and turn again uh, but not try to go long and flat and straight it won't work then it may take two weeks. It may take six weeks, but sounds like this horse has got some pretty good balance developed um, and uh, that you're doing a great job. So keep up the good work. And any other questions, don't feel free. As always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Um, So keep them up. And everybody, what a great show for 2019. Again, happy new year. And the United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at com.
1: You can find me on Facebook or my email is philip at com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.